Well, good morning. Um, and what um, an amazing uh, passage to start off our new series for the summer, um, all about the fruits of the Spirit. And we're going to start with love this morning, um, because um, out of love, all the other fruits of the Spirit uh, flow. Um, but I'm not sure that in 15 minutes I'm going to do this whole topic justice. Wasn't it amazing to be able to sing again together this morning after such a long time? It was, yeah. It, I just felt so much better being here and being able to sing. Um, I'm not going to sing again for you now, um, but I think it'd be really appropriate to quote from a beautiful singer, um, Ella Fitzgerald. And she once sang, what is this thing called love? This funny little thing called love, just who can solve its mystery? So as we start our series this morning, as we think about love, um, let's just pray together. Father God, thank you uh, for this beautiful passage, uh, for this challenging passage. We pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would speak to us, through us, in us this morning, um, that you would whisper to us what you would have to say. And so we lift this time to you in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. So love. The writer John, he emphasises love more than any other New Testament writer. In his Gospel, he writes three times about Jesus' command to his followers to love one another. He constantly reminds his readers of this throughout this first letter, and he mentions love 16 times in this passage alone, if you've been counting. So it seems like it's a really important subject. The word John uses for love is agape. We only have one word for love, which doesn't seem enough. Greek has more words, and it describes, they do, all the words describe various types of love. Agape love means divine, sacrificial, unconditional love, God's love. God's love to us, but also his love lived out through us. This passage tells us that faith in Jesus and love go together, hand in hand. They can't be separated. And when Christians love each other and love the world, it's not just evidence of our faith, but it's evidence of a God, an existence of a God who loves us and cares passionately for us. So why do we know that love should be our primary focus? It's because it's where Jesus started. When Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he quoted the Old Testament and he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God and love neighbor. In Exodus 34, we're told what God is like. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. This description of God's character in Exodus is a little like the list of the fruits of the Holy Spirit in Galatians, and love is emphasized in both. In Galatians, it comes at the beginning of the list, and in Exodus, love is mentioned twice. But the passage in Exodus 
also explains that God doesn't just give love, but also that the very essence of God is love. He maintains or gives love to thousands, but he also abounds in love. The essence of God is love. God is love through and through. So at the moment, my brother and I are spending a lot of weekends with our mum, helping her sort through 50 years worth of stuff that she and dad has collected. So you might have wondered where I am. I've been sorting through a lot of house stuff. There is a lot of stuff to sort. Uh, my mum is um, moving into sheltered housing, so we're working through all of this with her. And both my parents loved photography. My dad loved taking photos. We're finding, we're finding stuff for dark rooms in the loft. We're finding numerous cameras. And my mum loved collecting photos. Um, her job is to downsize her photo collection. There are lots of photos everywhere. And as I look at the photos and I look in the mirror, I'm noticing that my features, as I age, are becoming more and more like my parents. I look in the mirror and think, oh my goodness, that's my dad, um, usually because he has the short side of the family. Um, or when I say something or I laugh, I think, oh, there goes my mum. We naturally end up looking like our parents and behaving like our parents. It's something we can't help, we can't stop happening. And it's the same when the Holy Spirit is at work within us. We end up looking a little more like our Heavenly Father. We end up loving a bit more like he loves. And how do we see the effects of this love in our world? Well, God's love has continually broken through history. But this passage explains how we can fully recognize God's love. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. The cross of Jesus demonstrates how we know love, how we know God. But it's also the model for how we're to live and how we're to love. So the effects of God's love in our world are also through, shown through his church, his body, his bride. The fruit of our lives should be love. Not just love for God in return, but also love for each other and love for the world around us. Love incarnate, love in body, love in action. We are called to love. And this love is evidence of a deepening, growing friendship with God. And the message version puts a few verses like this. This is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in him and he in us. He's given us life from his life, from his very own spirit. Also, we've seen this for ourselves and continue, continue to state openly that the father sent his son as saviour of the world. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is God's son participates continuously in an intimate relationship with God. We know it so well. We've embraced it heart and soul, this love that comes from God. He has given us life from his very own life. The Holy Spirit causes us to love causes us to live out and talk about God's love to others. Out of this love of God 
everything else flows. So we're too to lavishly pour out our love into each other because we can't love on our own, can we? We're called into community and we love in community. Love is the opposite of self-centeredness. Love naturally looks outwards to others and therefore should end all divisions. As Christians, God calls us to live in unity together and this love should sit up and make the world take notice. So often and so sadly, the opposite has been true and it's really tempting to say, isn't it? Don't look at me, definitely don't look at the church, just look at Jesus. But this is not what this passage says. What we're meant to say is, look at me, look at the church, we're trying to love like Jesus. Because God's love becomes visible when his children love each other. God's love becomes visible when his children love each other. And if we read further on in 1 John 4, we're told that if we don't love another Christian brother or sister in words and actions, then we're just telling lies about our faith. We cannot say that we love God, but hate our Christian family. Jesus said in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then John reminds us, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Look at me, look at our church. We're trying to love like Jesus. I think that's really challenging. Now the fruits of the spirit we're gonna think about this summer are the passive and the active sides of love. We know peace and joy because of Jesus', Jesus extravagant act of love on the cross for us. And then we act out his love through patience, kindness, goodness and self-control where we hang in, those, hang in there with those who need love as Christ hung on the cross for us, loving us and serving us with his life. This love from, from and in the spirit allows us to demonstrate what the kingdom of God looks like. We're called to provide a radical alternative of what life can be like. This love is to be intensely practical. It's to make a difference in the world in really practical ways. Love brings the transforming spirit's kindness and gentleness into situations of pain, it brings unity and harmony into places of discord. This love is needed by the most vulnerable in society, but also in the media, in politics, in business, in fact, every place where we tread. And this love will draw others to Jesus and into his kingdom too. we become more like Jesus, which we long to be, and we exhibit the fruit of his spirit, we sometimes exhibit this fruit whether we're aware of it or not. And to be honest, I hope it's whether we're aware of it or not, because generally I don't always feel that I am doing very well in many of these areas, um, and I hope it looks better to other people than it does to me. Sometimes we need reminding, don't we? Even when we're feeling a bit wobbly, 
when our, about our relationship with God, or even when we're unsure, even about the existence of God, or what the point of life is, or when we see the pain of life around us, either personally or in the world. When we wake up and think, what really is the point of all this? The point of life, the point of me. We need to be reminded, firstly, of the deep love of God for us. But also, secondly, that he calls us to deeply love the world. It's worth picking up a passage like this and reading it, chewing over it, but also looking at the demonstration of God's love as we look at the beauty of the world he created and as we see his love demonstrated through others. We're just going to take a moment to think. How have you seen God's love recently? Have you seen or experienced God's love through someone else in this last week? Love can't always be based on feelings. And we have to acknowledge that sometimes, well, we'll all find people that we find hard to love. So how do we demonstrate God's love to those who we find hard to love? Once I had a really difficult encounter with a neighbour and I struggled to know how to respond because I knew the fault wasn't mine. I ended up making a cake and taking it round. I didn't really say anything much, but that cake did actually seem to heal things and the relationship turned a corner. It wasn't a huge thing, but I just wanted her to know a little bit about how God's love could, um, how I could love through like God. You might be aware of the five love languages and it's important to think about how you feel love and how you give love best. What gift has God placed in you? How do you best love others? God gives us gifts for a reason. Do you love people by cooking them meals or cakes? By spending time with them? By taking them out for coffee? By thinking creatively about the right gift for them at the right time? By giving them a hug, depending on restrictions, of course? By saying or writing something to encourage them? So how is God challenging you to demonstrate his love at the moment. If if we're struggling to love others, because it can be quite hard at times, then it's always good to come back to the one who is love and the one who is the source of love and ask for his divine love to fill us. And as we look at the model of love, the cross of Christ, and follow his example... Sometimes I think we just have to, start, we have to start by acting out in love and the love of God will follow. But only God's powerful love will keep us upright. And that powerful love is always found as we gaze at the cross. So we're just going to spend a few moments listening to how Jesus responds with love towards people. I'm going to suggest that you put yourself in their place. How would you feel if this was you? If Jesus was speaking to you like this? Ask him to make himself increasingly real to you.
Ask God to pour out his love into your life and also out of your life so that you can love others like Jesus loves. And as I read these words, I'm going to start by praying the most ancient of prayers. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple he said, here is your mother. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And Ephesians 4 says, I therefore beg you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And Father God, as we sit and as we stand here, we pray that you would help us to bear with one another in love. We pray, come, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us afresh with your love so that we might know and deeply experience your love, Lord God, but also that, so you would help us to deeply love the world around us. And we pray these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Um.